and God bless you all. Sam is just one example of thousands of young people who have come through this place. They've come to go to school here. They've gotten their training here. And they're now out there all over America and all over the world serving God. And it has to do with becoming a champion for Christ. Sam is a champion for Christ, not because he plays in the NFL, but because of what you just heard, that he has given his heart to making sure that he does everything that he can to bring others to Christ. And that's what Liberty University is all about. It's not about simply preparing you to go out into the world. It's about preparing you to go out into the world with a passion for Christ. Dad often said it, that he wanted to train up young champions for Christ, and that is what we continue to do right here at Liberty University. Last semester, we went through and we talked about the heart of a champion, what it means to be a champion on the inside. This semester, we've been talking about what it means to be a champion on the outside, to live the life of a champion. If you've got your Bibles with you today, I'd like you to turn to the book of Philippians in chapter 2. And here we read a perfect example, a great illustration of what it means to be a champion for Christ. In this passage, in this short little book that Paul wrote while he was under house arrest, while he was being restricted from what he was able to do, that he was literally uh, being locked down from being able to go out and to fulfill his passion and to fill up, fulfill his desire that he wrote this book, that thousands of years later we continue to use as an example, as an illustration, and as an encouragement and a challenge for us as we go out into this world knowing that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. In Philippians 2, starting with verse 1, it says this, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And let this mind, verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. In this short five verses, we read what it means to have the mind of Christ. And what it means to have the mind of Christ is that you have a commitment to Christ, a commitment to know His will, a commitment to know what He would have you do in this world or what He would have you do to go out and make an impact, to make a difference, the commitment that we have to Jesus Christ. And this morning, out of this passage, I want to share with you five commitments that we must make in order to live the life of a champion, in order to go out and to do all that God has called us to do. There are five commitments that we must make. The first one is this, we must have a commitment to his joy. If we look back in this passage that we just read in verse 2, it says, fulfill my joy. And how do you do that? By being like-minded. By being like-minded. What that means and to be committed to his joy is to understand that the greatest joy that comes to the heart of Christ is when someone comes to know him as their personal savior. When someone literally realizes that they are nothing more than a sinner, that they have come into this world with a heart that is desperately wicked, the scriptures tell us. That they've come into this world with a no value whatsoever to God. 
that there's nothing that they have that God needs, but that God loved them so much that he gave his life for them. And so the greatest joy that we can understand, the greatest commitment that we can make to Christ's joy, to his joy, is to understand the, the salvation is the principle and key thing that we all must be involved in, in going out to reach this world for Christ. Luke 15, 10, it tells us that there's rejoicing and great joy in the presence of the angels when one sinner gives his heart to Christ. The joy that Christ has literally when someone comes to the point when they realize that they're a sinner. When they realize that Christ's blood was enough to pay for their sins. When Christ's blood was enough to redeem them, to buy them back from the depths of hell, from Satan. That Christ's blood that he shed on that cross when he stretched his arms out on that cross, that that is enough. My friends, we must have a commitment to his joy. And the way that we have a commitment to that joy is we make sure that we go out into this world and share that joy. That we go out and make sure that other people have the opportunity to hear what Christ has done for us. It, it's so encouraging to see someone like Sam who literally has gone out from this place and has really made it to the pinnacle of his career. To think that he walked out of this place and now he's playing in the National Football League. He plays before tens of thousands of people, millions more by television. Uh, his name is in all of the newspapers and magazines. You read about him in different places. But know that when he stood up here today, that's not what he talked about. What did he talk about? He talked about the joy of Jesus Christ in his life. My friends, that is what we need to do. That is where we can become the life of a champion. That's where we can go out and make the maximum impact. And I know uh, that this young man, his desire is to make the maximum impact for Christ no matter where his career, where his path leads him. We must be committed to the joy of Christ and understanding that salvation is key. That his love for us was so great, but his love for others is just as great. You know, so many times we get so bogged down and so locked into the fact that we're Christians and that we're loving God and that we're serving God and we're involved in church and we're involved in all of the things that, that God wants us to be involved in that we forget that there's a great big world out there that needs to hear about Jesus Christ. There's a great big world out there that's never experienced the joy of salvation, that's never experienced what it means to give their heart to Christ. And we are the tools and the instruments that God must use to go out and to reach those people, we must be com committed to his joy, to share with the world that all that is necessary for salvation is belief in Jesus Christ, in, in confession of our sins before him, in repentance of our sins before him, and then simply making sure that we are walking with him for the rest of our lives. It's a simple, free gift, but we must share it with the world. We must be committed to his joy. The second thing that we must be committed to is his love. We must be committed to his love. In verse 2, as we continue to read, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love. In other words, that we must have a love for unbelievers. We must have a love for those people who have never experienced that free gift of salvation. Romans 5.8, it's a verse I often use. 
that is a great verse that tells about what God's love is. When it says that God demonstrated his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. To me, in that simple verse, we read what really is the crux of salvation, the great promise of salvation. What this basically means is this. It means that you don't have to be something special. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be living the right kind of life. You don't have to be doing all of the right things and involved in all of the right programs and, and, and doing all of the right things in your own spiritual walk. All of that stuff is not necessary for God to save you. All that is necessary for God to save you is this, is to realize that he loved you so much while you were still a sinner, while you were still lost in your sin, while you were still of no worth, of no value to him, that he loved you so much that he sent his son to die. That he demonstrated his own love towards us. And that's the same type of love that we must have for other people. For believers. For non-believers. For those who just make us mad. For those who mock us. Who make fun of us. We need to have the love of Christ for them. To understand that this world that is out there that needs to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That it is up to us. At Thomas Road Baptist Church, over the last 11 months, we've been talking a lot about going out into our community and reaching this community. We've been talking a lot about those people out there who literally we come in contact with in stores and restaurants and, and driving down the street, the people who work with us, who live down the street from us, that there are so many people, even in our little community of 240,000 people, that need to hear about Jesus Christ. And we can no longer sit back and allow ourselves to, to be uh, secure in our little bubble of Christianity and forget about those people out there. There's lots of great churches in our community. There's many churches in our community. But when we go through and you look at how many people are actually involved in church and coming to church, attending church, even in Lynchburg, the numbers are staggering how many people are not that there are well over 140 or 150,000 people that are within 20 minutes of where we sit here today that are not involved in church, who are not walking with God, or not doing the things that we feel, according to Scripture, is important for them to do. And my friends, we have a passion to reach them. Many of you are involved in that process. Many of you are involved in Campus Serve and other groups that are going out on weekends and other groups that are going out into our community and making a difference. Every week we get phone calls and emails and letters from people in our community that share with us how blessed they were by students of Liberty University because of the heart that you have to reach people. I shared with you and told you that story earlier this semester of that one student uh, who uh, had no desire to have anything to do with Liberty University that thought we were a bunch of wackos over here. And she goes to another college here in town. And one day she was sitting at a restaurant and, and had some problems. And, 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 and a couple of guys, a couple of girls at another table got up and helped her and, and, and did so much for her and so kind for her, uh, to her and, and nice to her. And she realized that they were Liberty University students. And that opened the door to tell her, you know what, maybe we're not a bunch of wackos. Well, I want to tell you that she actually has been coming to church at Thomas Road Baptist Church. She has actually started showing up. And why is that? Why is that? It's because she saw in some of you what Christ wants us to display to the world. The fact, you know what, that we love other people no matter who they are. Somewhere in this room today is Geronimo Aguilar. Where's Pastor Geronimo? 
Yell at him if you're here. There he is. Come on down here real quick. Run, run, run down here, man. Come on. Come on down. Pastor Geronimo Aguilar. He, a few years ago, a few years ago, he had a passion to reach the, the city of Richmond, Virginia. He, come on up here, buddy. He had a passion to reach the city of Richmond, Virginia. And what he did is he went out and he got some buses and he got a, a borrowed uh, facility. He went out there and started a church called The Rock, the Richmond Outreach Center. And come here, buddy. How you doing, bud? Love good. you, man. I'm good. He had a passion to go out and reach the city of Richmond. He started the church, the Richmond Outreach Center. It went from uh, about two or three people in about three or four years. Now you're running over 4,000 people each week. Now understand this. The people that he is reaching are people that he is bringing to his church on buses. Uh, young, young people who are involved in drugs. Young people who are involved in things that, that, that are just the, the horrible things in our society. And he is showing them that he cares about them, that he loves them, and he wants to reach out to them and make a difference in their lives. And guess what? They're coming and they're getting saved in amazing numbers. And he's reaching out to this community. And here's, here's the key part about it. He's reaching people, you know what, that I probably wouldn't be able to reach. He's reaching out into a segment of population that if I walked into their neighborhood dressed like this, they'd probably shoot me, wouldn't they, Geronimo? Probably, yeah. But see, he walks out there looking like this, and here's what he does. He shares with them the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for them, that he demonstrated his own love towards them, and then while they were still sinners, Christ died for them. And we're seeing people saved because of what he's doing. That's the kind of passion that we have to have for this world and realize and understand that we all have different calls, that we all have different desires, that we all have different abilities and resources and talents that God gives to us and that we must use them to reach the world. Geronimo's doing an enrichment. You may be from another part of this country or even another part of this world and you do it in a different way. But the point is this, is that there are people in this world that Jesus Christ shed his blood for, and we've got to make sure that we tell them what Christ did. We've got to be committed to his love. The next thing we've got to be committed to is we've got to be committed to his care. In verse 3, it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. This comes down to humility. This comes down to understanding, you know what, that we are no better than anybody else. That we have nothing of, to value to offer to this world than, than someone else may not have. We are, are, are no more special than anyone else. Unfortunately, in our church today, and unfortunately in our world today, there are so many people who feel that because they are a Christian, and because they're living for God, and serving God, and walking with God, that they're better than those who don't. Let me tell you something. There's a very fine line between a person who has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and living for Christ than the ones who aren't. It's a very fine line, and that fine line leads directly to the cross. It's nothing that we do. My dad often said it. He said it every chance he could get it. He would always say this. He would say this. He would say, it's amazing what we can get done for Christ if we don't worry about who gets the credit. If we don't worry about who gets lifted up, if we don't worry about who gets the praise, 
If we don't worry about who's put up on a pedestal, we don't worry about any of that stuff. We just walk in life and through life with humility, understanding that we are to display the same type of humility that Jesus displayed when he allowed himself to be beaten, allowed himself to be mocked, allowed himself to be thrown down on the ground and nailed to that cross and lifted up to the world as a symbol of grace and a symbol of love and the ultimate symbol of humility. If we want to reach this great big world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we truly want to live the life of a champion, I can tell you this, that there has never been a champion who also did not live the life of humility, who lived the life of humility. We have to make sure that we are committed to his love, and his love is to make sure that we are esteeming others better than ourselves. We must be committed to his joy, committed to his love, committed to his care. Uh, we need to be committed to his heart. In verse 4, it says, Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. I introduced Geronimo to you. Pastor Geronimo, you know what? He cares about other people. He cares so much about other people that he spends his time in the streets of Richmond, in the inner city of Richmond, going around and reaching out to kids that society forgets reaching out to families that society kind of casts aside, uh, reaching out to people in his community that the world might try to shy away from or hide from or stay away from and not associate with. Geronimo is focused on reaching those people. Why? Because Jesus wants us to reach them. Jesus loves them. We've got to make sure that when we go out into this world, when we go out as champions for Christ, we've got to make sure that we are committed to his heart, to the heart of Jesus. And the heart of Jesus is always for other people, always for others, in making that maximum impact in outreach, in salvation. You know, I'm so encouraged by the story of Pastor Geronimo, but you know what? There are hundreds and thousands of other churches that are doing the same types of things that he's doing. A couple of weeks ago, I was with another pastor. He's down in Tampa, Florida. And he started a church called the Hip Hop Church. And, and he actually um, he goes out, they do the, the hip hop stuff, which I, I honestly, I, I guess I just don't know anything about it. Uh, but they do all the rap stuff. They go out, they do break dancing in the streets of Tampa and all these types of things. And that church has gone from zero till about 500 in one year. And that young man... While he does things differently than I would do them, he does di things differently than some of you might do them, here's what the point is, and the fact is this, is that when he has the opportunity and the ability to minister to these people who come and uh, come to that ministry, uh, he is not at all ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He tells the world, you know what, I may look like you, but I'm different than you, and here's why. Because Jesus Christ has redeemed me. He has bought me back from the world. And you know what? We can still be in the world, but we don't have to be of the world. And he is reaching so many people in Tampa because of his passion for Jesus Christ. The whole point of this, this, this idea is this. There's over 10,000 people, uh, 10,000 students at Liberty University. Many of you are here for college for a weekend. I think, what did you say, 1,900 other students that are here for college for a weekend. The point is this. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what your interests are and what your habits are and what your hobbies are. It doesn't matter what your passions are. All that matters is that whatever you do, do to the glory of Jesus Christ. 
Do to the glory of the Lord. Go out there. If you're into hip-hop, do it for the Lord. If you're into to sports, do it for Christ. If you're into medicine, if you're into business, whatever you want to do, if you want to go into politics, that's great. Do it to honor Jesus Christ. Be committed to His heart. And His heart is a heart of excellence. Making sure that no matter what we do, we do it to bring honor to Him. And finally this morning, we've got to be committed to His Word. In verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. How do we get the mind of Christ? How do we walk through life making sure that we are seeking His mind, seeking His desires, seeking His passions? How do we do that? We make sure that we are committed to His words. I've been reading a book this week by Dinesh D'Souza. The book is entitled, What's So Great About Christianity? Uh, Dinesh is going to be speaking at Thomas Road on Sunday night. And he's written this book to counter all of the other books uh, written by Christopher Hitchens and, and so many others that say God is not great, that God is not relevant, that God is a waste of time, or that God doesn't even exist at all. And so Dinesh D'Souza has written this book to counter those books. And I'm thrilled to say that book has made it to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. But in this book that I've been reading, Dinesh makes an, an interesting observation. He says that for, for generations, that those who believe in God and those who don't believe in God have basically been willing to go to their corners and to leave each other alone. That there are some people over here that say that God is not relevant, God doesn't exist, God's a waste of time, God is for losers. And there's a group over here that says that God is relevant, that God does matter, that God does exist, that God can change your life. But they've, they've been willingly allowing themselves to stay in their corners and to not come after each other. But he says that now, today, that the group in this corner, the ones that say that God's not relevant, they've decided that they're going to come after us. They've decided to go to battle. They've decided, decided to come over and to try to attack those of us who forever have said that God does matter. And he says the reason they've done that is that the people in this corner, the ones who say that God is relevant, that we have allowed ourselves to, be, to, to, to get dropped into this, this mindset that God is a convenient God, that we are not committed to his word like we once were. In his book, in the first few chapters, it talks about the revival that's going on in China, the revival that's going on in South America, the revival that is going on in Africa, how tens and hundreds of thousands of, of people are coming to know Jesus Christ and they're passionate about their beliefs. And he also says that those who are coming to Christ, that many of them are in the place where they don't even have a Bible. And that when they get a hold of even one page of the Word of God, that they revere it that they protect it, that they memorize it. They sit down and they actually copy it. They write it down to give to others and their family because that is the word of God and that is something that they are so desirous of learning and they want to, to pour it into their lives and become so passionate about it because it's the only connection that they have to God. But then Dinesh says that in America, in the West, 
where we have a free society, where we have Bibles galore, where we have a Bible in our car and a Bible in our office and a Bible at home and a, and a Bibles that we can literally, we could give out 30 or 40 copies if we wanted to, that when we are so comfortable and we are in this, this, this mode of convenient Christianity that we no longer revere the Word of God. And my friends, if we allow that to continue, then the people in this corner are going to start winning. And we are not called to lose. This battle that we're in, this battle for the heart and soul of the billions of people who live on this earth, this battle that we have to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are not called to lose. A champion is never called to be a loser. A champion is never called to be a quitter. A champion is never called to be boxed into convenience, to be literally sitting back and, and just wasting their time. A champion is called to be on the front lines. A champion is called to be passionate. A champion is called to stand up in the face of anyone who would, who would argue with them about their faith, to stand up and say, this is what I believe, this is why I believe it, and my friends, I want to share it with you. That's what a champion is all about. Champions are called to victory. There has never been a game that Sam has played in where he has been in the, the locker room before that game and the coach gathers those groups of men together. That group that would go out into that field before millions of people. I can guarantee you there's never been a time where the coach has said, okay guys, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to go out and we're going to lose. Has that ever happened? It's always, let's go out and let's play the best and let's win this game. Let's use the abilities that we have, the talents that we have, and let's go out and use them to the maximum. Let's make the maximum impact with the abilities that we have today. Let's go out on that field and let's win this game. My friends, that is the same thing that we are called to do. That is the same passion that we must have. Now understand this. Every game that Sam walked out on that field, he didn't win them all. There were games that they lost. There were battles that didn't go well. But my friends, they still played with the same passion. When we walk onto this field of life, when we go out there to have the life of a champion, we must understand that, you know what, there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be mountaintops and there's going to be valleys. There's going to be situations that happen to us that we get discouraged, that we get depressed, that we feel like we've lost it, that we feel like we're not making headway, we feel like that we're not doing what we can do, that we're not doing what we want to do, that the desire that we have, that we're not having the maximum impact that we can have. But understand this, God did not call us to be quitters. We stay the course, we continue that path, and we understand that God has called us to victory. That's what the life of a champion is all about. Commitment to the mind of Christ. Commitment to his love. Commitment to his joy. Commitment to his heart. Commitment to his care. Commitment to his word. And commitment to share it with others. Let nothing we do be out of selfish conceit. Let nothing we do be out of ambition or desires to lift us up. Let everything that we do in every place that we go and every situation that we're in always be to lift up the name 
of Jesus Christ and him alone. God, today we have talked from your word about how important it is that we would have your mind, that we would have the desire to reach this world with the gospel, that we would have the desire to live the life of a champion. And God, today I pray for every person that is in this room today, Lord, that you would call them to that passion, that you would call them to that same desire. And if there's someone here today that has never accepted you as their personal Savior, if there's someone in this room today that has never met you, that they've never given their hearts to you, that they have never come to that place to realize that they believe that your blood was enough, that they've confessed their sins to you, that they've repented of their sins, and they've asked you to come into their heart, to redeem them, to buy them back, to make them into a new creation where all the old things are passed away and everything has become new. God, today I pray that you would bring that person to that realization and that they would give your heart to you today. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the cross. And Lord, we thank you that you have called us and you use us to reach this world. Help us all to do it as champions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.